Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Sidebox. Um, if you're not familiar with who I am, I am the CEO of Two Sides of the Story Productions, Poetry, and I have our illustrious, wonderful host of the Skybox, one of them anyway, Champ. How you doing tonight, Champ? Uh, I'm I'm doing okay, given the fact that Junior literally like two minutes before we went on the air just threw up all over my bed. <laughs> so, oh wow! I'm, 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 yeah, so I'm coughing my little man real quick, but I'm here though. I'm here. Ain't that right? All right, so and we definitely have a jam packed. It literally happened like two minutes before we went on the air. I was like, oh crap! You just gotta love when kids do that. It's perfect timing, always. Yeah, I mean, I'll just clean, I'll, I I got to clean up as much as possible. I'll just deal with it after we're done, so it's all good. <laughs> all right, but we do have a, a full show, and I know I know you have some things planned, and we are going to start, you, start off with the quick three, um, and we just lost Champ. Um, let's wait for him to come back on. All right, so we definitely have Champ back. Disconnected some, I got disconnected some kind of way, but I'm back. All right. Um, hmm. I'm not going to even screen this person because I got a good feeling I know who this is, but let's go to it. Last four, five, one, three, seven, who are you? Hello, I've called Sports Show. Really? <laughs> I I talk sports now. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I want to talk name? to man with. I want to talk to man with cigar. Okay, that would be. You're, you're an idiot. You know that. You're an idiot. You know that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look. You know what? I'm gonna work on. I'm gonna work on the scars of my voice. Like one day. One day. One, one day, day. I'm gonna get it. And plus, it would help <laughs> if I didn't recognize your number. Yeah, I know. that would help yeah. too. As soon as you go, I'm not going to scream this guy. I'm like, fuck, I got to I got to work on that. <laughs> I, I'll show you how to hide it next time. But, yeah, if you're not familiar with The Voice, he is the host of one of the hottest shows on Blog Talk Radio, Hertz House, one uh, from our brother station, True Radio Network, The Big Hurt. How are you doing tonight, Hurt? I'm doing great, man. How y'all doing over here? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm Rarely on, but I was going to be on anyway because I really wanted to talk about Cam Newton because I really have a lot to get off my chest tonight. Hey, you know yeah, what? That's why I'm here for it too, man. I, I, you got to go and talk about this. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about that, but I definitely want to get into the quick three before because once I get into I finish the quick three, we can definitely talk about that next. All right, let's do that. So give us a quick three, champ. Go ahead and do it. All right. Well, quick three number one is – the very strongly worded statement of the Cleveland Browns that they released yesterday about uh, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, which basically by reading that statement basically said, yeah, we're going to cut that dude when it's when we're able to do so by league rules. Uh, the statement said, quote, uh, we've been clear about expectations for our players on and off the field. Johnny's continual involvement in incidents that run counter to those expectations undermines the hard work of this of his teammates and the reputation of our organization. His status with our team will be addressed when permitted by league rules. We will have no further comment at this time. Basically, again, translation: when we when we're able to do so, we're cutting that we're cutting that guy and we're moving on. So, uh, yeah, that's so basically Johnny Football's time and. Cleveland is going to be over after two years. And I can tell you right now, that was a waste of two years. I'm surprised they even went and picked up picked him up. I mean, he he kind of came into the league with some problems, if we want to be completely honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was young and dumb. I mean, he's still young and dumb. But he came in with some problems, you know. So it's not like it was a surprise to them. It's just a, a, a surprise at how long they let him get away with it. 
Right, right. But either way, he looks like he's going to be on, on his way out the door, and I doubt that another team will even give him the time of day or even the chance to even be on their practice squad, let alone be on their main roster with all those problems. He's the right color. Somebody's going to give him a chance. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to fall back. <laughs> I mean, he kind of he kind of took the words out of my mouth. He, he's going to get another chance. Um, do not be surprised if you see him with a star on his helmet. You know, Jerry loves charity cases. Yeah, yeah and I mean, he did go to did go to college down there in Texas, so he would be home for the most part. But I think it'd be a worse situation for him to go to Texas because that's where he recently just got had an incident just recently, which made this statement happen. I, I don't know. Very, I mean, people in the Cowboys yeah. beating their mothers. He'll fit in just fine. Yeah, yeah. He'll, All yeah, right, bro. Yeah, he should be. Who will see? But um, next, let's go to number two, which is two retirements that happened within days, within a couple of days of each other. Uh, Justin Tuck and Calvin Johnson. Now, Justin Tuck was actually an official re- retirement, as he announced it on his Facebook page. Uh, uh, a couple days ago, Calvin Johnson is more of a rumor that he told the organization that this was his last year. Uh, Chuck is going to go down after he has had 11 NFL seasons. He's been to the Pro Bowl two times. Uh, he was almost Super Bowl MVP two times, won two Super Bowls with the Giants. He finished his career in Oakland and uh, is going down as probably one of the one of the best D linemen uh, of all time and. Calvin Johnson, I mean, what can we say about Megatron? This dude has been just absolutely amazing um, in his time in the league. But I think he's going the route of, of Barry Sanders and, like, he realizing he's on a sinking ship and he's getting off that ship as fast as possible and, and preserving his life and his legacy. Uh, what do you guys think about Calvin Johnson retiring uh, so early on in his career when he still has a chance to maybe do a lot better, a lot bigger things? Well, I'll say um, a few things. Like these players, especially um, guys like Calvin Johnson, who were able to come into the league and make more money than they'll ever spend. Um, back when they were, you know, passing out those contracts like it wasn't nothing for rookies. He came in. He played a very strenuous position. He got paid a lot of money. He's got ankle problems. Was players more cognizant of what? hard hits in the NFL does to their body, does to their mind, does to their way of life. I think you're going to see more players getting their money and getting out. I think you're going to see a lot more players getting out and going, hey, I'm on a team that's not going anywhere. It's not really worth it. I'm getting hit. Training camp, basically, it's all year round now. You got like two months off. You got what? January, February, March off. You know, in April, you're already talking about training camp, and June and July, you're in training camp, and, you know, July, you've already got preseason, and, and in August, the season starts again. Like, it's, it's an all-year-round thing. Quality of life is more important to some of these players than money. And if you got the chance to have both, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. You're going to see a lot of players in the next 10 years on chronically bad teams, players on the Browns, players on Detroit, players on Jacksonville, players on San Francisco, who say, you know what, I'm good, and walk away. San Francisco had five active players retire last year. Yeah, they did. They really did. Yeah, you know, you're gonna, you're, I, think, I think this is the beginning of a trend. I do agree it's the think- beginning of a trend. I- um, with Big Hurt, um, what I don't agree, I don't think he's retiring. I personally think he's just retiring from Detroit. Anybody would, mm. would, would want to run away from Detroit. I think if he finds the right opportunity with a team that is eligible to win now, because as a football player, your dream is always to get to, get to the Super Bowl and win. It's always. If he can find somebody that can let him win, let's say next year, he's there. If not, then he the retirement thing may be real. Well, I mean, reading the story, I mean, he seems to have his mind made up that he's done, period, with football. 
And, I mean, that's something you got to keep an eye on. Maybe, maybe he's done with football. Maybe he still wants to do it just somewhere else. Who knows? Jersey. Go to Trump first. You member of any city ever to compete in the Olympics in peace Uh This mom is an uh, African-American woman who did birth to Israel and is of Islamic faith and will work. He is uh, also on the necessity. The, uh, hey, Ken. Um, you're kind of breaking up, so we can't, can't can't really understand too too much of what you're saying. It's going in and out. Yeah. I was going to say, Ms. speaking of the state will be competing in the Rio Summer Olympics summer. She was the first athlete in the States to compete at the Olympics in his job with his I start on my Muslim women. Mahatma, who's an African American women's safety defender, he hit this three years ago to become the first Muslim to compete um, in the United States. And now she's making three years again by competing in the United States to compete in the Olympics. Um, so, a big history making uh, event there. She's already with an, uh, she's pretty much a system medal. The World Cup in 2013, she set world medals. Uh, she's won a couple of bronzes this past uh, in 2015. So now she's making this fight, but she also has a chance to maybe do very well to bring medals for the USA in the Olympics. That's me. There are a lot of stories. A woman extraordinary this and just making history um out, outside of just the form. And just watching the in the culture that we live in where Muslims are persecuted daily because of the actions of the terrorist group, see this being you know, this happening, it's you know um. Yeah, I, I I caught the majority of it. You still were going in and out, but I did catch the majority of it, and it is a, it is a great story. Um, anything when when it comes to dealing with the Olympics and you know our, our, for our country, it, it kind of pulls us together. At least that's how I always see it. Especially when you have a feel good story, any feel good story. You know how they jump on Michael Phelps and then um. Gabby Douglas, of course. America loves a feel-good story, and this is a feel-good story. It's something to look forward to going into the the next Olympics. Yes, indeed, I love I love that story. So, you guys wanted to talk about Cam, the comparison between Cam and Russell Wilson, so. I'm going to see oh, the floor no. to you guys and let you guys go ahead and speak on that. Oh, please let me go first. Um, not so much Russell Wilson, because I don't want to bring him into the conversation, because he really doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just – it's funny how the comparison is, is made. But I love the villainization of Cam. Just like I'm going to love it so much more on Sunday – when he beats Peyton and he has to go on that stage and Roger has to give him that that trophy and he dabs in front of 50 million people Ooh. and just laughs Ooh. in their face. I'm going to love it. It's going to be so good because what I don't understand is this thug comparison, this thug byline and headline that keeps going with Cam. Oh, he's a thug. Oh, he's arrogant. I literally just had a conversation with somebody in the wrestling group because it was about Cam being arrogant. And I asked them, how is he arrogant? He said, because Cam dances too much. I'm like, oh, like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, J.J. Wyatt. What? I'm sorry, J.J. Wyatt. And you know, a whole bunch of other people that dance. So you you don't like them either, right? He was like, well, Cam is too much with it. How? If anybody has followed Cam's career, and I'm a Saints fan, so unfortunately I have to follow his career, um, he's been dancing. This ain't new. This, and he's not even doing anything extravagant. He does the Superman thing, and he dabs. That's it. 
We've seen niggas break out into full dance in the end zone. And they love skipping the part where after every touchdown, he gives the ball to a kid. Yeah, that's that's some thug mentality. That's thug behavior. Just who locked that nigga up? <laughs> they celebrate. I'm just saying, okay. You know, and let's be honest with it. I hate, I hate going this route, but when a spade is a spade, I have to call it. How dare this nigga just love to have fun doing playing football? That's really what I see every time they they write a letter. Every time one of these lonely single housewives of Seattle or whatever writes a letter to Cam telling him he's so arrogant and brash and and so so thuggish and so unnecessary, all I hear is stop dancing, nigga. Because that's essentially what it comes down to, which brings in the Russell Russell Wilson and, you know, Cam Newton comparison because Russell doesn't do all the dancing. He is a completely different type of player and person than Cam. You're comparing apples and oranges. It's not a fair comparison. Let's put them up against uh, Aaron Rodgers and Cam because that nigga, every time he gets – Every time Aaron Rodgers gets in the end zone, he discount double checks. Every time. Somebody name me a time he didn't. I hope you're not waiting because he does it every time. Every time. And he does and he does it so much, you know what they've done? They State Form has made this their freaking byline. He danced so much doing it that State Farm has made a commercial about it. He is making money off of dancing. But it's okay for Aaron Rodgers. We all know why. J.J. Watt dances every time he does something. Sack somebody, dances. Touchdown, dances. Don't get me wrong. He deserves to dance because I've always been of the nature, if you want them to stop dancing, Stop letting them do what they do. Easily. You you want Cam to stop dabbing? Stop letting them get in the end zone. That solves that problem. But with J.J. Watt, you don't hear this because you know what? He's the new golden boy for the NFL. He is the new face of the NFL. This is what the NFL wants your players to look like. He's nice. People love him. He doesn't get in trouble off the field. He's in a city where it's somewhat of a large market, but it's not the larger market, but it's enough to draw attention, and he's a good old American boy. Don't hear people writing about him. It's just crazy. And, and, and again, I am going to love every second. I was really rooting for a Panthers Patriot Super Bowl, because that would have been the most uncomfortable Super Bowl for Raj Goodell in his life. But, of course, that didn't happen because, you know, the NFL loves a go-out-on-top go out story. So, yeah, um, yeah. I'll give the floor yeah. to Hurt. Tell us up. Let me, let me say – that number one NFL loves a Guadalupe top story. And Roger Goodell was not. I wanted the Patriots in the Super Bowl because I wanted Roger Goodell to have to hand that trophy to Brady after all the court. After all, excuse me, after that court case, I just wanted him to hand him that trophy. I, I wanted it so bad, but it didn't happen. Um, as far as Cam goes, I'm going to love seeing him dab. I'm going to love seeing him do the Superman thing. I'm going to love seeing him give the balls to kids in the front row pause of the Super Bowl. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy him blowing the frame out of Peyton Manning. I'm going to enjoy the coach of Denver having to have a very tough decision to make at halftime whether to bench Peyton Manning or not because they're getting blown out so bad. I really think that Denver is going to get destroyed. I think that Carolina is going to beat the brakes off of Denver. Um, One thing about Peyton Manning that's haunted him his entire career, Peyton Manning loves weak divisions. Peyton Manning's not so great he makes the division weak. Peyton Manning loves weak divisions. He was in the AFC South, which is the weakest division in football, 
You know, they had the Jaguars. They had the Texans before they were good. Um, that's Tennessee. It's a weak division. And it always has been. And he always came out on top. And then he always lost to Tom Brady. And now he's out of the AFC West, which is also a weak division. They're getting better. You know, Kansas City's up there now. You know, the Raiders are, are acting like they're going to show some life. But it's still a weak division. It's a weak division. It's a weak conference. The NFC is where it's at. And Cam Newton is going to destroy these guys. Now, as far as the color thing goes, um, I saw how Taylor Ryan Clark on SportsCenter this week trying to defend the racist. I saw him trying to say that it's not a racial thing, it's a culture thing. But he didn't talk about what culture it is because I don't see Cam Newton rapping. It's, it, it is a, a culture is it's more code word. It's a, it's a much nicer way to say racism. Aaron Rodgers takes his hands, puts them around his waist, and thrusts his hips forward. But this chick's wants, this woman wants her nine-year-old daughter to watch the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders instead of Cam Newton. It's because she doesn't want to see that big black guy celebrating being good and being better than the big white guys. J.J. Watt celebrates, and a shout-out to J.J. Watt. It's not his fault that it got no media attention. Shout-out to J.J. Watt for quoting, saying, Cam should be allowed to dance. I dance. What's the problem? And I respect him for putting himself out there like that. I respect him for putting it out there. But like Poetry said, if you want to stop him from dancing, the only way you do it is to stop him from winning. I think this is the beginning of the Cam Newton era. Cam Newton is about to have the royal flush, okay? He's a national champion, Heisman winner, rookie of the year. There's not a lot of people who have all three. There's not a lot of people who have one. You know, there's one of those you only get one shot at. And now he has a chance to be the MVP of the league, which he's going to be come Saturday, and then cap it off by being the Super Bowl winner and Super Bowl MVP. He's going for that royal flush, and I can't wait to see him get it. Wow, I just, man, all, both, both of y'all make great points. I feel like, man, following you two, I'm like, I feel like my point is going to be so, like, uninspiring, but I'm going to try anyway. Um, I think the problem that everybody has with Cam is they remember some of the shenanigans he had when he was in Auburn. And they remember how he acted his early part of his career in the league. And they remember that the problem is that the media and fans, they, they, they're they the type that dwell on the past. I mean, look at Cowboys fans. They always dwell on the past when they're talking about championships. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. I, I, I had to throw that in. But, I mean, just let's be honest. People dwell on the past. And because of the fact that Cam Newton had his indiscretions and then had his issues with his maturity level early on in his career, everybody's just like, Oh well, then he's a thug. He ain't, you know, he ain't shit. This, that, and the third. He going out there doing this dancing crap and all this other stuff. Nobody's, you know, nobody's talking about like you said the fact that after every touchdown, no matter who who does it, he always takes the football and gives it to a kid in the crowd. The fact that and it don't doesn't matter what the, team it is. No, exactly. it doesn't matter what team they're repping. Exactly, and then on top of that, you, you know, he has. He does so much for charity, especially for kids. This man, like, how many thugs you know give their time to charity so willingly without being asked? That's what I want to know. How many thugs you know do that? I'm going to tell you that number, zero. So the problem is that the fans, the media, they're dwelling on the past. They're dwelling on what he did in the past. 
They're dwelling on the fact that when things got tough, he sat on the bench sulking and looking like, and acting like a, a, a spoiled child. They're going about the fact that in college he felt like he the world was owed to him and he like and didn't earn anything he deserved. All this other nonsense, and it's just that's the problem. That's the problem. They are not looking at the present. They are looking at the past. And if they would stop dwelling in the past and look at the present, they could see an extremely talented young man who was on the verge of becoming a rare breed of winning a championship in high school, winning a national championship, and then winning a Super Bowl. Very few players, there are probably very few Hall of Famers who have done that. And he's about to join a rare order of people. But all we want to talk about is, oh, he's a thug because he wants to go out and have fun and dance and dab on people and all this other nonsense. Let's be for real, guys. Come on now. It's not like, you know, like I said, he's not out there slapping somebody's daughter around, raping somebody. He's not out there doing drugs. He's not out there stealing stuff out of a, out of a department store. None of that. This is a man who does his job, goes, does, and gives to charity, and now he's on the verge of getting the biggest, the biggest trophy that a football player can achieve, and that's the Lombardi Trophy. So for everybody out there that's talking about, oh, he's a thug, this and the third. How about y'all thug y'all asses into the present and realize that he ain't no damn thug. He's just a young man who is who is matured and is having fun doing what he's been doing since he was a child, and that's going out there and playing football and winning. Let him go. Let it go. Just like just like, like, like Frozen. Let it go. Damn, that felt like and a just, chance rat. That, that was really a chance rat. That was pretty good. I don't know what you were talking about. That was pretty good. The oh, And just want to yeah. point out, you know, just to make some people mad, the only other person that has won a Heisman, a national title, MVP and the Super Bowl is Marcus Allen. Just just to throw it out there, so you know, they, they probably hate that on top of that. That you know, this the only achievement like that would have been achieved by only you know people that shouldn't be dancing in end zones because of you know their culture. People who should just be happy to be out of the general and playing football. Let's be real. Yeah. 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 So, but it's 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 a stupid narrative, and I'm I'm so upset that we have to talk about it. But that's the world we live in. Sadly, it's the world we live in. They make this a topic. We didn't choose this. They make it a topic. I would love to be talking about Cam's stats, his crazy numbers this year. And the scariest thing about all this is Cam doesn't really have a great receiving core. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Let, sure doesn't. Let that sit sit in for a minute. If he gets a decent wide receiver in the draft or just in free agency, no. Bottom line is this: he has Calvin Benjamin. He's he's his stats are a lot better if he has a healthy Calvin Benjamin. He has a healthy Calvin Benjamin. His stats are a lot better. His stats are a lot better. Period. Let's 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 call a spade a spade. He has a healthy Kelvin Benjamin in that in that uh, on in that receiving core. His stats are so much better, so much better, and they were amazing with the receiving core he had. I mean, he's already going with the MVP with the receiving core that he has. But Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin, you might be talking about the new Miami. And, and keep in mind, I think this is the beginning of Cam and not the end. But fellas, I need to slide out of here. Um, Thanks for having me, and um, I'm definitely going to catch y'all after the Super Bowl. We can, we can, we can uh, all have cigars and gloat about this. Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely, right. definitely. I'm down for that. All right, Big Her, appreciate you coming through. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. But I mean, all right. But I mean, seriously, I again, Kelvin Benjamin has been, you know, hurt, got hurt early on in the. Preseason wasn't didn't play the entire season, and Cam still went was balling. So I just think that if he had Kelvin Benjamin in the lineup, out there with the with that receiving core, his stats would have been a lot a lot better than what they were. 
a lot. Oh, most better. definitely. I am looking forward to see what the what the Panthers do next next season. And I say that with an asterisk because, of course, I've already said I'm a Saints fan. So please understand when I say I want to see the Panthers win, that does not feel good. But as a Cam <laughs> fan, as a Cam fan, and a person that respects someone's talent and ability. I want to see Cam win. No matter how much Peyton is from New Orleans, I want to see Cam win. If anybody deserves to win the Super Bowl ever, it's the Panthers. I'm, I, that's who I'm rooting for this 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 um, weekend. So, yeah, I agree. I I think a lot of people are are are, are fans of Cam and want to see Cam. Uh, succeed so much because of all the comparisons and all the name calling that he's gotten, even though he is, has, has improved himself so much. I think a lot of people want to see him win, you know, want to go out there and win it and just shut everybody up. Even though I think even if he wins it, it's not going to shut everybody up. They're going to still have something to say about it. That's that's the That's the problem with being on top. When you're on top, you're a target. And it's not just from teams. It's just everyone. And he's the perfect target. And I just want to touch on one thing, and we can move on to the next topic. Um, what you were saying about people and him early in the career, the funniest thing about it is they didn't talk about him this bad when he was doing all this crazy stuff. That's what makes it so dis- disingenuous. When he was doing all this crazy stuff, you didn't hear people writing letters, doing this and doing that when he was doing all that. He, you didn't. All of a sudden now he's winning, and of course people hate people hate a winner they don't want to win. So he's doing all this, and it's like okay, let's just go back to everything he was doing before and just pile it on. And he and, and he has the strength and patience of a monk because I couldn't do it. He's just eating it all up and taking it in stride. Me, I'm ignorant. I would have been on TV embarrassing some people. Yeah, I just feel that. I feel yeah. But I do. I I got a question. Mm-hmm. This is my question. How is it that a Bama like Tyron Taylor or Teddy Bridgewater makes the Pro Bowl, but Kirk Cousins, who had over four thousand yards and twenty nine touchdowns, didn't even get considered for the Pro Bowl? I just want. I like, I need I need answers for that, Sway. I need answers. You- <sighs> This is my honest like, answer. How, how Sway? Uh, and, and this That's is, and, and again, I have nothing against any. I have no dog in this particular fight because um, my 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 quarterback is there. But um, if you're comparing the quarterbacks, if you're just comparing the quarterbacks, and you put Teddy Bridgewater, I don't even want to talk about Tyrone Taylor. I, I don't know how the hell he got there. I can't defend that. But and I can defend Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm going to try. If you put him next to Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins has had better games. But Tyrone, Ty, I mean Teddy Bridgewater, has had more consistency. If that's fair to say, I will. Give that to you. I, will I will. You know what? I, I I get that to you. I I will get that to you that. You know, Kirk Cousins early on in the season was very up and down like an elevator, and then it wasn't until, like, the final stretch where he started having consistent games and everything like that where Teddy Teddy Bridgewater was very consistent throughout the season. So I, I will give you that. But like I said, Tyron Taylor, I think we both can agree that he didn't deserve I, to be I, there. I, I, I can't defend that. If I can defend it, I'm going to defend it. I, I can't defend that. I personally thought Kirk was going to get a Pro Bowl nod. I really thought he was going to get a Pro Bowl nod, but he didn't. I, I don't know how he got there. I don't know who he paid off. If I, I'm trying to remember, is the Pro Bowl picked by – I want to say it's a combination of the coaches for the Pro Bowl, the players, and some voting, some fan voting. I think it's it's I think it's a combination of the three. I know like a lot of it is fan voting, and then mm-hmm. like a lot of a lot of you know a lot of the choices are also coaches as well. When you got you know players who drop out uh, due to injuries, or you know whoever's playing in the Super Bowl, their players are automatically out and things right. like that. So I think it's like a combination of the three. But like I guess I just found it to be absolutely just crazy that. 
Tyrod Taylor got it over freaking Kirk Cousins. I'm like, Kirk Cousins had a way better season than Tyrod Taylor. And his team even made the playoffs. That's what makes it even funnier. The Redskins made the playoffs. Buffalo didn't. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor got it before Kirk Cousins. I I cannot defend it. I really can't. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out, though, I kind of wish Tim was here to answer this question, but how about the fact that um, for the NHL All-Star game, two guys um, voluntarily didn't want to play in the game, and they ended up getting fined for not playing. And I'm just like, where do they do that at? Like, where do they do that at where if you don't, um, if you don't play in the All-Star game, you, you get fined for that. Like, really? That, that They do that? Yeah, that's new I'm, to me. I, I, don't think, I don't think I've ever heard of a case in any of the other leagues, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB, where if you just doesn't, don't want to play, you get fined. That's new to me. I've, I've, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to uh, look for the, the story about that. Because, like I said, it was um, one of the guys that didn't make that didn't go was uh, our own, like the Caps, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, who um, who decided to sit out of the All Star game, and like I said, he ended up getting fined for that. Um, which I'm again, I'm still like confused about that. I'm just like, uh, why would you? How? how what, why does that? How does that make any sense? I'm uh, seeing now it's Alex. Alexander Ovechkin and Blackhawks forward Jonathan Toes. Um they they were the ones that matter of fact they were suspended and fined. Yeah, I'm like, where they do that at? So it's it's yeah. it's I've I've never heard of that. I've especially since one of them have a minor injury um Jonathan Toes is sick with the flu or something like that. Uh-huh. And Ovechkin said he has an undisclosed lower body injury. If it's something that you can't prove and you can't disprove it either, why are you making them finding them? That's that's crazy. Yeah, like I said, you look at all the All Star games that are out there. You know, the Pro Bowl, of course, uh, the NBA All Star game, the MLB All Star game, even the MLS All Star game. And this is the first that I'm hearing that someone who doesn't go to a voluntary game during a time where everybody else is on break is fine and suspended for one game because they don't want to go play in a game. I've, I've never heard of that. And I think that's absolutely asinine because it's, it's an all-star break for a reason. They want to get a break. Seasons are long, especially like NBA, NHL, and MLB. MLB is a 162-game season. You need a break. Yes. And some, yeah. Sometimes you need that break. So it's like, let them have a break. NHL season, I think, is what, 82 games? They need a break. Let them have a break. Let them just have time. Even if it's like only a three-day break, they need it. Let them have it. Instead of just saying, oh, you're not going to go play an all-star game. All right, we're just going to find us a thing. All right, cool. Yeah, see you later. They need to fix that. That that needs to go. That needs yeah. to go and pass because what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of unhappy players who don't want to play in an All Star game because they're injured or they're tired. They're injured mostly or they're really exhausted and beaten up and want to rest, but they're going to be forced to play in a game that they that in that game it risks more serious injury instead of facing a fine and a suspension. They want they're playing a game where they can possibly face more serious injury and possibly end up, you know, affecting their season or the, even their careers. That's the message that they're sending. And, you, and that's a very bad message to send because you're pretty much telling everyone, look, um, and I can understand it on a business level. Fans pay to see the All-Star game. They pay to see everybody that's in the All-Star game. I, I, on a business level, I can understand that. But as as a company, if I have unhappy employees or people that work for me, I have a problem because unrest can manifest into very bad bad things, especially when you have 
players that are probably beloved by other players, which most players in the NHL are. Um, they're a tight knit family, as far as I, I I know and understand. That's not a that's not a precedent you want to set. I mean, the NHL needs to realize something. They are still a few years removed from having a lockout, and people are still trying to get over that. The last thing you want to do is have this have this happen, and then your players decide they don't want to play, and they go on strike. If you end up having a another work stoppage, another stoppage of, of of the NHL, you're going to lose a lot of fans. There's still fans that I think are still trying to come back after the, the NHL had a, had a work stoppage, which was a few years ago. And it's like now you got you got this situation. It's just like what do you? What are we? What are you gonna do? If they lose, if they if there's a stoppage, I I don't think they get gain too many fans back. To be quite honest with you, if 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 it gets to a stoppage, which I really hope it doesn't, they're gonna lose some fans permanently. They've already lost some fans permanently. They're gonna lose more, and it might be detrimental to them as an organization. I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, I'm just sitting. I'm just sitting here looking at this. Just became a trending topic, literally like in the last couple of minutes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Stephen Curry is a freaking monster. This dude <sighs> scored. This dude scored 35 points in the first half against the Wizards, leading them to a big victory over the Wizards tonight, and that included seven three pointers in the first quarter. I just had Six one of those in a span of nine minutes. Like what? That's, it's just, it's crazy. Do you think they can match the Bulls? At first, I was very leery, but the more and more they play, it's starting to look like it. Stephen Curry had fifty-one points uh, in this game. Fifty-one mm-hmm. points. The win was it was one thirty-four to one twenty-one against the Wizards. Fifty-one right. points in thirty-five minutes. I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe that the Warriors are a team that can be that can't be messed with. The only way to get to beat the Warriors is you got to do some Nancy Her- Kerrigan meet meet Stephen Curry behind the building, knock off his knees type shit. He still might come out and still score thirty. The he might live that- out and score thirty. The fact that this dude can go behind the arc and every time he puts it up, nine times out of ten is going in from beyond the arc, that's what makes that team so dangerous, especially if they need something like that coming down a stretch of a game. Mm-hmm. It's just it's – just, it's, just, it's crazy. It's crazy to just look at these numbers, to see numbers like this, and the first thing I think about is how – Jordan put up numbers like that on almost on a regular, and Kobe put up numbers like that on a regular and stuff like that. And it's just like now you got Stephen Curry putting up numbers like that, and wow, it, it's. I'm and telling you, it's, Wizards, this is still not even the best from him. That's the exactly. scariest part of it all. He still has room to improve his game as he gets older. I mean, this is crazy. Like I'm look I'm some all this is the only stat I keep seeing all over the place. He had thirty five points in the first half on thirteen of fourteen shooting, eight of nine from beyond the arc. He only missed one shot in the first half and it was from beyond the arc. Thirteen of fourteen for thirty five points? Are you shitting me? You're shitting me. That is that is insane. It's crazy, and I don't like saying this because it's so early on in his career, but he is easily one of the best natural shooters ever. Not in the game now. That's been proven. He is easily one of the best natural shooters ever. Ever. It's so effort. It's effortless. It's almost like watching art when you see him put up a shot. I tend to agree. I mean, because it's just amazing. I mean, you look at that stat: thirteen of fourteen shooting in the first half, 
and his only miss was from beyond the arc. He still went eight of nine from from three point range, and scored thirty five points in one half. He ended up finishing with fifty one, which means that he ended up only scoring sixteen points in the second half. Whoop de doo! That's almost half of what he did in the first half. So it's like, right. it's it's just crazy. Are we are we seeing are we seeing a combination of Jordan and Kobe reincarnated in Stephen Curry? I, we, we're definitely seeing something. I don't know. I, I, I need to see playoff time. How he handles this season because he's just. I want to see if he still has the same energy. That's going to be the tell for me. Right now, he they're just running people out the gym. He's just they're just throwing it up. Kay Thompson is a beast. I'm gonna just say that one more time. Clay Thompson is a beast, and and. and <sighs> It's going to be a very interesting playoffs. All I know is if they continue this pace, where all the way into the playoffs, I don't want to play the Golden State Warriors. Period. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I definitely agree. Real quick though, um, did you watch the debut of uh, the People versus OJ Simpson last night? I did not get a chance to watch that. No. I. You know what? Because I'm looking at. Uh, this, I'm looking at a trailer, and it looks like it's a very, 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 very interesting show. I might need to see if I can find it. You know what? That's going to be my project for next week's show. I'm going to look for the premiere and watch it, and then you know just mm-hmm. look at it and see it, and just come back on the show and tell tell people about it because it looks like it's a very interesting story about you know the whole situation with OJ and the murder trial and uh, how that went about. This week it was announced that there's a possibility that O.J. Simpson might have CTE. Did you know about that? I did hear about that, and that would not surprise me at all. Honest, if he does have CTE, that would explain a whole lot. Like, that would be the aha moment when it comes to O.J. for a lot of people, to be quite oh, yeah. honest with you. It'd be like, oh, that – all of that, all, everything about him from the trial up to now would make so much more sense. I think that – I really think that if he is suffering from CTE, I really think if he got a retrial or an appeal of incentive, I think that he would most likely either have his sentence reduced or thrown out. I really do because it would explain how – he would be so irrational in trying to go into and get his memorabilia back armed. That would CCE would explain a lot. If if he gets retried after it's proven that he definitely has CTE, and they can tell how long he's had CTE, which I'm pretty sure it's been a long, a long time. Um, yeah, he can easily get that get get that case thrown out. Because as we know, it's it's uh, it's uh, almost not even almost it's worse than Alzheimer's. It's it's equivalent. Basically, your brain becoming just a non-functional. I mean, there's no way I can paint it eloquently. You know, I, I, even though I tried, it just easily get his case thrown out because he would not be. He, you cannot hold him responsible. For any accidents that he do in that in that kind of state, I mean, so you, like if you like you think about the movie Concussion, uh, which Will Smith portrayed the 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 character like portrayed Doctor Bennett Ombalu, who's now well known for discovering that several, that NFL players uh, had the degenerate brain disease, and Doctor Omalu went on record and said, "quote." I would bet my medical license that he, meaning OJ, has CTE. Um, so again, I would think that if that's if that's the possibility, if that's actually a possibility, if he really has CTE, this 33-year prison sentence he's serving right now, he's been in jail for he's on, he's been in jail almost eight years now. He's been in jail since October of 2008, so it's been seven, about over seven years. I really think that 
he would get that he would get that sentence thrown out, or he might get time served. Because you gotta think that it's a disease that really degenerates the brain, and really it causes you know memory loss, confusion, moodiness, unexplained fits of temper, and suicidal tendencies. And you know Simpson played 11 years in the NFL, and he was one of the hardest runners that you could ever. Imagine. I mean, he was one. He was a hard runner. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Jim Brown has CTE. I mean, he seems like he's a punch drunk. He seems like one of them punch drunk boxers. Like mm-hmm. when you look at him, and it's like CTE is going to become a very prevalent part of of the of, of the NFL, which is goes back to the point you made earlier. The point that was made earlier about a lot of people were going to retire because a lot of people don't want to end up with CTE or being diagnosed with CTE because of all the concussions they have. I mean, I can, I'm pretty sure that in the next few years, guys like Troy Aikman, guys like Steve Young, Brett Favre, they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to come up with that, with that. I'm telling you. It is going to get uglier for the league as, as this, as more and more stuff is learned. Because we haven't even learned everything about it. That's the craziest thing about it. We are still touching just the, a tip of the iceberg on learning everything about CTE and other diseases and ca- and things that's associated with the brain. And the and the fact that the NFL has tried their best to hide this from everyone is what just makes it so much worse. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it it really explains why it really explains how you know why out of a lot of players, even though they're still you know in good good condition and are young, are trying to get out, or trying to mm-hmm. retire and everything because they want to they they you know as much as they love the game, they want to have long term longevity in the future. You know, like Megatron, like I said, Megatron, he's done so much, you know, in his career in, De- in Detroit, but Detroit is not going anywhere. So why in the right. world would he continue to put his body on the line 14 is not going anywhere? It's just, for, it just makes sense. For a wide receiver that's fast, he, run, he takes a lot of hits. He has no problem going across the middle. That's, that, that, that does it. Yeah, exactly, and it's like, you know, why would he put it, you know, he shouldn't have to destroy his body like that and if he's not going to see, reap the benefits of it. I mean, Barry Sanders thought the same thing. Barry Sanders was running behind what, what like, uh, what was, what, I mean, would you really call that an O-line? I mean, let's be honest. Would you really call that an O-line? No, you wouldn't. So. It was a bunch of dudes standing in front of him while he ran, ran, ran around the um, field and making plays pretty much. Basically, so and then you look at Calvin Johnson. I mean, Calvin Johnson really doesn't have a compliment in the wide receiving core with him. I mean, he had Golden Tate, but you know, Golden Tate didn't really work out too well. You know, you I mean, who he's going to have as a compliment? Tight end? I mean, let's be for real. He didn't have a compliment. They really didn't have a one-two punch like you saw in other teams, like Chris Carter and Randy Moss in Minnesota, or you know. Uh, Hines Ward and uh, Emmanuel Sanders in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, one two punches like that. He was he was the man that was basically carrying the load for that team. He was basically the face of that franchise. Even after, even with the Dominican Sue there and, and everything like that, he was still the face. Not even Matthew Stafford, who was a cornerback, was the face of that franchise. It was Megatron. And now that face is a now that team's about to get a serious facelift because their face is now. Taking like going ahead and calling it a career. This is. I don't think they're going to have as bad of bad as bad of a drop as the Forty ers did, but if these rumors prove to be true and Calvin Johnson is hanging up his boots and just saying I'm done, my life is my life, my future is more important than my present. I. The Detroit is going to have to make some serious moves, and especially in now a competitive NFC. We have we have a bunch of teams on the come up in the NFC. Nice, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously. Um, and then 
And then real quick before we get up out of here, did you hear the rumor that Colin Kaepernick wants to go to the Jets? If he wants to get murdered on the, on the East Coast, he can. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a smart move because isn't has it been officially announced that Chip Kelly is the is the 49ers head coach? Because you know I keep yeah. hearing stories. Okay. Yes. He's, Honestly, he's the head coach. If anybody fits Chip's style, it would be Colin. Stay Colin because I think that system works very well for him. He just needs to learn how to read defenses better. But the the offense that Chip runs, I think, matches well with Colin's skill set. I don't think he'll find a better system that w- works better for him. The only thing that he would benefit from by going to to the Jets is Brandon Marshall, Mar- Marshall being there. That's it. Well, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Decker was a very very consistent receiver last year. I should know. I had him on two of my fantasy league teams, and he was extremely consistent throughout most of the season. He was consistent, but I can see Brandon Marshall. But the problem with Eric Decker is he needs a quarterback that can put the ball where it needs to be. And I'm sorry, I don't have that kind of faith in Colin. Brandon Marshall is just, you throw it up, I'll go get it. I don't think Colin really wants to go to the Jets because if the Jets are smart, they're going to re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick was one game away from taking that team to the playoffs with a new with a rookie head coach. So I really do think that they're not. I would if they're smart, they re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to fit that system. Well, Smart and the Jets haven't been in the same sentence in a while, so we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Um, maybe they re- maybe they re-sign them, and this is an upward trend, but I wouldn't hold my breath on it. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, I can't wait for the Super Bowl this Sunday. I'm definitely going to be watching. I've been checking out the whole game and definitely be ready to, just to come in and talk about it next week on the on the Skybox and everything like that. But we had a great discussion tonight on Cam and all that other good stuff. Thanks to the Big Hurt for calling in. Always thank you. Um, Check them out on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. No, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on True Radio Network, our brother station. You know, definitely check him out. He's always good insight. Definitely, definitely. And then after you check him out, you can check us out right here on TSOTS at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time with the Skybox is usually myself, Chills, and Tiny Tim. But, you know, always good to have the CEO on talking sports with us and stuff like that. You can catch him, Dolce Diva, and the rest of the uh, His and Hers crew on Friday nights at 10. What's on the, What's on tap for His and Hers this Friday, sir? Um, for His and Hers this Friday, we are doing a roundtable discussion on three topics. Um, we're going to talk, talk, run through them. We haven't decided the topics just yet, but it's going to be fun. You know how it is when we all get together and start talking. It can be either yeah. real insightful or real crazy, or both. Yeah, yeah or both. Yeah, exactly. And then tomorrow, uh, yours truly my, uh, with Queen Poison and the Bishop, we're going to be – we will be giving our list of the top, of our, in our opinion, the top five female MCs of all time. I'm interested to see what those two are going to pick. I already had my list ready, so I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to pick. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be so much fun. And we have a CEO challenge for Battle of the Best. We got to pick parodies. I'm like, oh shit, that's going to be fun. Yeah, parodies are that's always the- awesome, mom. I've been kind of in the parody thing all week, and my wife hates it, but it's 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 been fun. So this is going to be interesting to see what they what they, what they can pull out. Yeah, it's going to be fun, but I can't I can't wait. But until then, we're we're pretty much done here, sir. Uh, you know, thank y'all for listening. Make sure you follow us TS, at TSOTS Production on Twitter, and uh, make sure you check us out TSOTS Presents the Skybox on Facebook. You know, we, we talk we talk sports in there. And make sure you check out our website, uh, com, And you can listen to our shows on there as well as on, on our Blog Talk radio channel as well. So, And download the app. Make sure you download the app on Google Play, Apple App Store, BlackBerry, Kindle Fire, any tablet. That's it. Yes, indeed. 
All right. All right. Thanks for Apology. having me. It's been, it's been fun, my friend. Let's 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 do this again pretty soon. Most definitely, and we we're out. Deuces. See ya. Bye bye.